Welcome to the Original Doll for the Returners. Welcome back on the Original Doll. I, your host, James Rodriguez Horton, unpackage music with the people who create it. We go behind the scenes and learn about all these great songs from everyone's favorites, including Britney Spears, Janet Jackson, and so many others. So if you haven't heard the other episodes, please go through and you can find us on Apple and you can find us on Spotify. Just look up the song title you're looking for and you'll see the collaborator on there. But we're going to get right to this and welcome back to the Original Doll returning guest, Maya Marie. And as with every episode of the Original Doll, any audio recording ripping stealing is strictly prohibited in every country in the world. So if you see any snippets appear online, please report it directly to the webmaster. My name is James Rodriguez Horton, and this is the Original Dow. Special shout out to all of my Patreon patrons. For more information, visit www.theoriginaldow.com. Now on with the show. The original All right, everyone, I would like to welcome you back to the original dial with James Rodriguez. My name is James Rodriguez. I unpackage music with the people who create it and at the same time give back to charity. So for every question a guest answers, we get items donated to those in need. We've been able to help out women in domestic abuse shelters, homeless LGBT plus teens and more. Today we have returning guest Maya Marie. Maya Marie, thank you so much for coming back. Of course. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> I know. Well, that's funny. People are going to be like, where? Yes, we are live in Chicago together. Um, so it, it's been all sorts of fun. But I wanted to talk about a couple fun things today. So first of all, I know that you made an announcement on your socials recently. Yes. And we'll for just... those who don't know. Yeah. Oh, I'm pregnant. Yay! Congratulations! Thank you. Um, th- it's awesome. So many people are going to be like, "Are you going to have a drink with her?" I'm like, "We are not drinking." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, and and yeah, some water, some blood. There you soda. Go. It's always good. So today, I wanted to talk about. We had such a great time talking about Snatched, your project with Garbage. Yeah. You have another song coming up that I've heard, and this has been a while now that I've heard this song, and I love it. Yeah, and it's called... obviously some delays. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. And it's called Inches. So why don't you tell the audience, first of all, who, for those who have not heard that other episode, who Garbage is and a little bit about Inches. So Inches is uh, our my brand new song that's about to come out. Well, it's our brand new song, rather. And it's Garbage, which is... A group composed of myself, Rylan, who's an incredible artist and songwriter, producer as well, and Zach pa- Zach Poor, who is also an incredible artist, songwriter, and producer. Um, so it's the three of us together because we we write together all the time. Um, we wrote a lot for Rylan's project, and we also wrote the song "Sugar Daddy" that I have with the Audibles that came out. Um, this past year but um inches is our second single our first one was snatched and it's kind of like a parody pop group i would say it's some it's a project that we created to just have a lot of fun mm-hmm. and, not and you guys do yeah exactly <laughs> and not not to think it's too seriously you know there's so much in this industry where you have to kind of write a certain way and aim for a certain person or a certain sound and this is 
just kind of a creative outlet for us to not think too much and to just do what's fun for us. So it's been really awesome. Hopefully we'll have several more, but yeah, this is our second one. And um, yeah, there have been some delays as I am pregnant, (laughs) but we are (laughs) planning on releasing it. Hopefully depending on what date we can get in October. Nice. There you go. And so everyone, I'm going to be putting up some information on the original doll on Instagram, the dot original dot doll, where we'll put links on how to get the song right away. And if you haven't checked out my last uh, interview with uh, Garbage, it's hysterical because all three of you have been successful in your own right. You've all done different projects and everything. And this is like, yeah, and we're very me, different. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. and th- to me, it's like three different artists come together to create something and it was cohesive and Snatch was hysterical. That sugar baby, like, that was hysterical. And around Christmas, everyone add that on there because a new version was just released uh, oh, yeah. last December. Yes, yes, yes. Sugar Daddy cover or Christmas song. <laughs> it's Yeah, hysterical. it's just something super fun that we love to do. And I have a ton of fun not taking myself too seriously. So it's awesome. Um, and the, the cool thing, too, is for those who don't know, and there are several people who got to meet you in Chicago because we had a charity event that you did, a fundraiser for Our Art of Giving and some other charities where we raised funds. And so thank you so much for performing there. It was a lot of fun. Yes, I know. I know we had another one in June that I had to miss because I was in my first trimester of pregnancy. So I was super sick and could not make it. But I hope to do the next one. Well, and that was so many people were asking, like, what happened? What's going on? And it was like, I'm like, it is not my business to tell anyone else. Yeah. Especially during the first trimester. Yeah, I was I was super sick. I was just not feeling well. And I was bummed out uh, to miss it because that was really fun last year. So we'll have more. So everyone make sure that you follow us so that you have that. Now, the other thing is, I kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, one of your artists, because for those who don't know, Maya Marie has worked with a ton of different artists and internationally. And back in about 2015, she worked with Taeyeon. Am I saying Taeyeon's name right? I don't want to like, yeah. say it wrong. Taeyeon, yes, um, yes, yes. And... Yeah, I have four songs with Taeyeon, but we um, penned her first single, her debut single, I. Pictures on the sky, And talk about that. How did you get involved in that? That was super random, actually. Um, I was in a group, for those of you who don't know, called My Crazy Girlfriend. We were signed to Capitol Records. And we had this song, American Beauty, that was not released with us. So we had it kind of in our vault. And I had gotten a random email uh, from Warner Chapel. Sometimes you just get these, like, looking for kind of guitar based I think it's a like Taylor Swift reference which really isn't it at all but I just took a shot in the dark and kind of sent back American Beauty because I was like oh this could kind of fit and it was like for k-pop and this is so random because this rarely happens where these songs are taken <laughs> you know what I mean mm-hmm. usually it's but it was literally a cold email um, I mean through like via Warner Chapel and um then a couple months later they were like oh we really like this song for Taeyeon we're, we're cutting it like it happened really fast they asked us for like 10 different versions of this song and then they ended up sticking with the original 
happens a lot with K-pop where they ask for a bunch of edits and you send it back and it's really frustrating. Um, and then I ended up also adding background vocals. Additionally, when um, she had her vocals on, they sent it back and I did some background vocals. And uh, yeah, then it was released and it was a huge, like worldwide um, number one. It was huge in Korea. If I ever talk to anybody who is into K-pop and I say like, oh yeah, I wrote Taeyeon I, they're like, wow. So, and at the time, I think I went maybe a year later to South Korea uh, on a work trip and anybody who I mentioned that to was like, oh my gosh, that was really cool. It was, it was awesome. And that's one of those things that in South Korea, and this is what's amazing, everyone, that single sold digitally to over 2.5 million copies in South Korea alone. And it streamed yeah. over 100 million. That's huge. Yeah, it's really cool, too. And they like they're if you've never seen like a Korean CD, it's really cool. It's like a little booklet. They put so much effort into their CDs, which is I think is awesome. Um, and they had sent me well, I've, I've done. Yes. Yeah, three albums uh of hers and each time they which never happens in america <laughs> they just sent me like a signed cd booklet of hers which was so cool to have so i have a couple of those which is awesome yeah and what's more awesome than that that song itself was number one on their weekly charts but also it was number one on the monthly charts so yeah. you were number one weekly monthly and then selling million and if that were in the united states the 2.5 that would be over two times platinum you know yeah. and that's that's insane. So from there, that was for the, the first EP or the first album. What did you work on next then with her? Um, I I don't know chronologically how right this is, but we did um, Fire, which was another, it wasn't my Crazy Girlfriend song, but it was a song I had done with one of the members of that group. And geez, I'm like blanking out on that. And then I did a Christmas song and a, and then a song called Love in Color. So, yep. uh, yeah, so those were the three. That was from my voice. Yeah. And so with that, though, how do you, uh, for you then, even seeing like the packaging, how different was it for you as an artist here in the States versus in Korea? How they still manufacture, because this isn't like 20 years ago, CD wise. This is CDs and packaging, you know, now, in the past five years. Oh, no, I think it's, I think we should take a chapter out of their book. Honestly, they put a lot more into even just the music videos they're brilliantly done everything is it, it reminds me of the 90s here how we put money behind artists in the 90s and we had you know it seemed like this full package and everything was nicely delivered and polished and that's how in my experience I've seen they treat their artists which is awesome like everything is so beautifully done and like really well thought out like nothing seems rushed or sloppy or slapped together like it well, sometimes does here okay, and <laughs> even the thing is artists, you know when I was signed to Capitol everything was rushed last minute sloppy I mean maybe because we weren't you know number one artists but I've worked with a lot of number one artists that it's just it's it's a lot sloppier than it is there yeah well, and that album, the one with uh, Fire and Love and Color, that was number one on the weekly charts. That was number, the deluxe version was number one on the monthly charts, and it would sell over 150,000 copies. The regular version, 105,000 copies, the deluxe. And that's something that 
I remember being a huge Britney, Janet, Madonna fan is I would love getting those imports, you know, here into the mm-hmm. United States because there was always those extra songs. To me, it always felt great when they added some other things to it. The, the booklet was bigger, yeah. some different photos. It seems special and like they put a little more effort into it than here. I don't know. There's something really cool. Maybe it's just because we're not from there. <laughs> but it, <laughs> there's something really cool about um, how they deliver their music. Well, and I think that's one of those things where I think the love of like people talk about, you know, K-pop, Korean pop or J-pop, Japanese pop, like these are people that are still selling CDs and that the fans are going, it's insatiable to them. They're like, let me buy this version or that version. And I always equated it to telling people like, you know, a fan base, an example of a fan base here would be in the States, like Taylor Swift where she would release alternate covers of, you know, and this thing could be as simple as a different cover on there or, you know, for a while when different groups were doing uh, deluxe editions and everything. And I just thought it was interesting. And so you've had success here in the States and then you work with this artist and you had, I mean, with her, it was like a number one US world albums. You know, she's had huge success, not just there, but on the global, the global scale. So do you- Do you ever look at anything differently? Like, do you see a difference in the consumer? Like when you write, do you look at anything different from writing when you're writing for an artist here in the States or one in, you know, South Korea or one in, you know, the UK? Do you ever look at anything different? What do you mean? Like when I'm writing? When you're writing, let's say, yes, let's say you're writing or you wrote something and are going to pitch it and you know that it's a global artist or they're, this is for a UK artist or Korean artist. Do you... You do keep different things in mind because K-pop is written a little bit differently. But honestly, everything that I've gotten placed with K-pop has always been a song that I wrote like for an American artist. And then they kind of tailor it to their like I've done the sessions where I'm trying to make a K-pop song, but that never has in in my experience worked for me. So I think it's just kind of like writing a good song overall. Um, we'll get it placed however it's meant to get placed. Um, another cool thing about uh, getting a K-pop placement is they work with you to mold it to how they want it, which some people think is a pain in the ass and it can't be. But I actually think as a plus because then there's, you know, instead of you sending a song to an American artist and I'm just saying no, like the K-pop, they'll hear a part and they'll be like, oh, this chorus is really great. Can we like change some of the verses? I, you know, it's like more workable and there's more chance of you getting it than just a hard no, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. It does. So then what other kind of projects do you have coming up over the next, I mean, besides being a mom, what other <laughs> what other projects and things do you have working or coming out? And do you still have your Patreon? You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, I do still have my Patreon. Um, I'm going to release a couple more things on there um obviously inches is coming out probably october um i have another song another couple songs with funk lab in the vault that's going to be released in these next couple months i'm pretty sure and then i also have a song that's supposed to come out in november with another k-pop group that i don't want to name yet but um yes that's i think november i mean who knows dates are so malleable but um yes that's those are the kind of the next few things on the list as of now perfect 
And everyone, have no fear. We have more with Maya Marie coming up. And don't forget, check out my other interviews with Maya Marie because she's worked with artists from, you know, and on projects for Selena Gomez, Erica Jane, Britney Spears, so many others. And there's several projects, to Maya Marie's point, that are coming out uh, that I'm excited about. Uh, some of them have been mentioned already, and I'm going to let people figure that out. But um, so everyone follow me on Instagram, the dot original dot uh, subscribe on your preferred streaming platform. And you can follow Maya Marie on her socials. Yeah, exactly. All right, everyone, I will let you go and enjoy some fun music from our guest, Maya Marie. Maya, thank you so much for being here in Chicago. Yes, thank you. <laughs> we had Chicago dogs earlier. Yes, we did. And it was her first <laughs> time in Chicago, saw a hot dog, and she enjoyed, which is great. So did the baby. All right, everyone, thank you so much, and I'll see you all on the flip side.